Good people of Los Angeles, welcome back to another episode of the FCFC pod. We're here in the backyard at Exposition Park. There are already helicopters blaring, which Slim will hit you with the warning with shortly. But before that, we have the guest Christian Lau, the chief technology officer of LAFC, a.k.a. the tech god. Tech god, tech god, tech god of the stadium, tech god of our <laughs> LAFC lives. Man, this was a very interesting episode. We've been trying to get Christian on for a while. He's a classic, been for the club from from the beginning and just uh, help helps all of us not have to wait in 40 minute beer lines, which apparently is Josh's My uh, favorite thing. Josh's fetish actually like Jesus. weirdly enough, I think it, it broaches on fetish. You, we hear a lot about that on this episode. We also travel with Christian uh, kind of around the world, around the country, checking out different stadiums, talking about uh, what the stadium will look like in 2030 and beyond slim. Please hit him with said warning. And as we said earlier, we are in his backyard in Exposition Park. There are helicopters flying, my dog DJing on a seat cushion, cats mating, uh, and a whole bunch of other random noise and me chasing Kobe around in the backyard because he's crazy. Um, And as per usual, there will be profanity. So if you're at work or around children where you shouldn't be listening to profanity, probably a good time to stop listening. (laughs) Get your nice phone cases up. Get your go yard merch up. You guys are all brokies. Fuck your life. Winning time, baby. <laughs> FCFC. Welcome to the FCFC pod, where two scholars and a dickhead look at the world through a black and gold tinted lens. It's your favorite Korean dicky. Slam! To my right is the vested one, the sexy one, the spicy one, Josh Spice. See ya! It's baseball season, baby. No more bing bongs. Uh, baseball sucks. <laughs> to his right is the bearded one, Mr. Zen T himself. The Zen T? Zen T. T. T and Zen. I just want to know what's inside Josh's pockets because he's got so many pockets on this vest. Stop watching my pockets, bro. Ooh, pocket, pocket watchers. <laughs> And to my right, we have a very special guest, LAFC Tech God, the man who brings us $1 water bottles with Apple Pay. $1 waters. <laughs> Mr. Christian M. Lau is in the backyard this evening, y'all. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Welcome, dude. Welcome. What's Welcome. up? Thanks Welcome. for having me in the backyard, man. usually have a cheers, but nobody's really drinking. Yeah, we all, all four of us. Oh, oh Josh. We got a 24, the PBR blue ribbon. Well, we, now uh, we know it was inside of his shout pockets. Shout out my brother Julio. We miss you, man. We miss you, brother. This for you. <laughs> shout out to Julio. Well, Dweez, the pod has started. The pod has started. Christian, we always start with the same question yes. in every episode. The first football memory, your oldest football memory. What oldest football memory. You're not going to twist this to be like first iPhone memory or anything like that? Everyone's getting too used to me twisting it. Yeah. So yeah, I just yeah. want to okay. do, I'm I just, see. now I'm just, I'm just throwing strikes down the middle. Are you always twisting it? Usually I'll say something like, what's your oldest technology memory? 
Oh man, I couldn't remember. <laughs> See, but exactly. I will tell but that'd you, be weird. But so we're just gonna do football. Oldest football memory for me would be, I'd have to go back to 2018. <laughs> wow, that's your taking first us memory? way way back for real. Well, yeah. I mean, look, <clears throat> you guys don't want to know my first real football memory because I- it was not in Los Angeles, but it's a club in Carson. California. So, ah. so we won't go there. But you don't even have like even from like years and years and years earlier, like as a kid, like the game didn't get anywhere near you. So, yeah, from a family perspective, um, mom, British origins, Liverpool. Ooh. See, there we go. Now we're getting to so, the territory. So I, do, and boo. <laughs> so I do focus on Liverpool. I'm a, a blue or red side of Liverpool. Red side. Of yeah. So. You know, the interesting thing there is I was always passive, right? I've never mm. really been into sports a whole lot. Mm. Okay. And so I remember Liverpool winning championships and doing these things, but um, it's not something I was, like, really captivated by. Right. Was your mom captivated by it? Was to a she, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Okay. So your oldest football memories are, like, very vague until... Very vague until they're Laurent not. Simon. Got the winner wow. against Seattle. Shout out Lawrence Simon and this Calvin. It's what? still fuck Lawrence Simon. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> pop, pop. It's, it's still Stefan Fry getting blinded by the lights of downtown through the keyhole view of the stadium and dropping the ball. Love that. Even though uh, he was facing the other direction. But yes. Ooh. No, he was, he was facing the keyhole view. No. No. No, man. He was in the north end, my man. Yes, sir. Really? Yes, yeah. sir. So if he used that as an excuse, he's lying. He was in the north end? Yes, sir. Yes. On the very first goal. Yep. Oh, yeah. We got the video, man. Now, <laughs> now what nobody knows, uh-huh. this is breaking news. That's what we need. So, a couple of days prior to our opening match, you know, we were still at the California Science Center, right, right. over there in Expo Park. And our equipment guys were working out of there, right, just because we were still figuring stuff out. And so, there is a photo I have on my phone of them pressing. Uh, Simon's name and number mm. on the jersey he wore that night, which is wild. Wow. So nobody knows that exists. In fact, I want to make it an NFT, I think. Ooh. That's right. Point. That's right. We're here for all the NFT advice. Are we going to be on Cardano or on Ethereum for that? Ethereum, man. Oh. What am I, a fucking amateur? <laughs> the, the charges are, the, the fees are so big on Ethereum. <laughs> all right, we're not going to be Wait, we're with a tech guy. Buy the yeah. dip, buy the dip. Where's the fucking button? Wait, so Simon, our first captain's jersey, was printed, pressed at the California Science Center? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Really? What? So what's the apparatus? And I took a photo of it just because I knew it was like, you know, this moment in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody had to capture it because nobody else gave a shit and everybody was just kind of doing their thing. Nobody gave a shit. Come on. We got his club historian here on the podcast. (laughs) It's not all about the future forward, baby. Come on. It's sometimes about the past. Yeah, exactly. So what's on this? Uh, By the dip. <laughs> oh, you had it queued up and everything. This I'm is so pause. Proud. By the dip. Wow. There's that pause. I get. You know, I gotta get my. I gotta get my buttons better. We're in front of the tech god here. I'm embarrassed that our buttons aren't uh, more aligned. That's so wild, man. I mean, this is. So what does that feel like for you, man? Was there any uh, seeing the seeing the kit being pressed to seeing seeing the ball going into the net? What what. I mean, as full circle as you can have in 90 minutes. Like, what's that What's that feel like for you it being was a pretty, part of that? It was pretty wild, man, because, you know, up to that point, my focus, you know, was we really just trying to get the stadium sorted out. You know, we had, you know, basically come in when it was still a lot of dirt 
and building things out and really just hyper-focused on getting the technology in place, getting everything done, you know, which we were still doing after we opened. Like it, it took months to, to really get everything dialed in. Um, so just happened to show up in that space, I think to grab some food, because we were all operating out of that building at the time. And uh, so, you know, just walking in and grabbing some food and then realizing like, oh, they're pressing jerseys over there. That's kind of fun. And then I walk up and of course it's Saman's and I was like, oh, that's interesting. So then I just took the shot. So I'll, I'll give you guys the photo. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it just kind of stuck with me because um, the, the funniest part was, you know, so he scores the goal, right? Uh-huh. And that's historic in itself. And I remember thinking to myself, like, God damn, they, I saw his jersey getting pressed. Like this, this, this is a meaningful thing, right, mm. in our in our history. But just not something I've ever talked about before. So that's so wild, man. I mean, I'm. I still remember the the center hit of the the date and the opening kickoff on on the on the kid. And those are the things that make kind of kid legend. But it's, to know that was done right across Christian Street Lane. Not in like a kit, a kit man's kit room, but like at a science center. It's kind of a wild thing. It's like <laughs> they were trying to, cut. they were trying to, you know, use all the scientific method to get this team. That's right, a Pythagorean theorem. Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> math. <laughs> we're we're in math and science. Is there a difference? You Let's know? go. I'm one of STEM students out here, but uh, no, Chris. What was it like, man? What's um? You just talked about like the the constant updates that had to be done with the stadium figuring out the technology on the game day and i'm sure across um across the way but what were some of the things that were kind of like hitches curveballs that you were still figuring out up till up till kickoff time man well you know it's interesting most people don't correlate the two but we were actually building the stadium and the training facility at the same time and so i was you know basically traversing la Mm -hmm. working on two different sets of technology for two locations, you know, two facilities. Um, got it dialed in pretty quick. The funny thing is, you know, I started in May of 2017, right? And basically had under a year to just figure everything out. And we, we had made a couple of decisions around integrators, things like that. Um, but when I came on board, you know, leadership, ownership was basically like, we need technology. Um, we don't know what that means, but you'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. That's why you're did here. You know, did you know what that meant? Oh, yeah. No, I, I already had a really good plan in, in my mind. And then they're like, and you don't have a budget, but just let us know what we're going to spend. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, great. So we'll work through that. Um, and it worked out. So my focus had always been, for the stadium, it was all about the, the guest experience, right? I had spent a lot of time. Me, uh, Benny, who's been on the show. That's right. Yeah. Went on this... Uh, what our CFO at the time liked to call the magical mystery tour because we would be, <laughs> you know, going across the U.S. We went to, you know, different uh, sporting organizations, primarily not in, in soccer either. You know, we went to, you know, baseball venues, you know, football, uh, hockey, basketball, etc. And it was really to understand what didn't work, right? Because you have a pretty good indicator of what does work, and mm -hmm. that's kind of like the easy part. <clears throat> but we wanted to understand, like, where the friction points were, mm -hmm. um, which was really helpful because we were able to come back. And I think you guys hopefully would agree that overall the experience at the bank has been, you know, relatively exceptional, or at least that's what I'm told. Yeah. And $1 waters, $1 waters, $1 hey, waters. Apple Pay, baby. <laughs> well, here, we're here to tell you how it really fucking is. So before, yes. before, yes. before we move trenches. on, though, before we move on, best stadium experience during that tour and worst stadium experience during that tour? Best stadium experience during that tour would be... 
um, Mercedes Benz uh-huh. in Atlanta. Phenomenal, beautiful stadium. experience. Um, worst experience, I would tell you, is at the time would have been called. What the hell did they call it before Dignity Health Sports Park? Oh, uh, StubHub. Center. StubHub. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah. Not there great. You go. Yeah, not great. Mm. But not shocked. Anybody listening to this did will you, not be did shocked. You like by this, that did you see the Sacramento Kings arena? Yes, Golden One Center is exceptional. It's yeah, a that's team. another one that like I remember people saying that they really liked on that on those tours. Yeah. I had I ran into John Thorington. The week of the preseason game, I ran yeah. into John Thorington, uh Max and uh Tom Penn mm, there. Okay. It was funny. And my seats were better than theirs. <laughs> I was on the floor and they were like two behind me and I was like, what's up guys? Like, Why it. is this weird journalist sitting on the court side and you know, we've got to be back here. And I was just like, you got to understand. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I, yeah. I just am who I am. <laughs> I do what I do. Sacramento did a nice job. Um, we actually work with the Kings quite a bit. There's some some technology that we share mm. and we've, we've actually been really collaborative over the years. So that's been helpful to us and them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, G1C is fantastic. Um, so that's a notable mention for sure. But, mm-hmm. you know, Mercedes-Benz um, opened right before us. Yep. And, you know, we, we share a lot of the same technology. We had the same integration partner. Uh, overall, it's just it's an exceptional experience. I'll tell you, though, <clears throat> it's interesting. So the Atlanta United games are way more fun than a Falcons NFL game. Oh, and, yeah. and better attended, by the way, which is really yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of a weird dynamic. But uh how so? What's the differences that they, they allow and for the culture to really come in? Yeah, I think, honestly, you know, with Atlanta United, um, in fact, we were there the night that New England um, had their ass handed to them. I think it was like 7 Lit. nil, something like that. Oof. It was wild. The goals just kept coming. No like, love for Boston. We couldn't even turn around. It was yeah. wild. And um, now you know what it is. It's a younger demographic. Um way younger than, you know, like an NFL, typical mm. NFL fan. Mm. And so, you know, it's the energy, it's the vibe, it is the, the audience is just like, it's like LAFC, man, it's, it's younger. Yeah. Um, and they're just really into it. And they just, they pack the place and it's just, it's a really cool experience. Shout out to the Footy Mob always for always providing hospitality, but also an experience for the culture itself. And we saw it Fuck anyone on Twitter right now talking about some fucking nonsense USMNT game right now. Jesus Christ. Wait, what happened? Uh, do we want to go into uh, I, I, this? is interesting. Okay. There's an American Outlaws uh, member, I guess, inside the Atlanta F- Atlanta United supporter base somehow. Not attached to Footy Mob, but he essentially was like calling out Footy Mob for for putting out a call just to watch the USA-Mexico game together. Mm. And he was just saying, like, I think it's extremely disrespectful that um, that another group affiliated with with, uh, with with our club who says they represent the culture would essentially take fans and members away from the officially recognized USMNT supporter group. I don't know what all that means, but it sounds like some whack shit. It was some whack hey, shit. Hey, listen to my other podcast hey guy. right now. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> hey, hey, guy. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Nobody cares, you fucking loser. It was a fucking loser <laughs> moment, man. And like, I mean, the Atlanta United people had enough heads and incredibly sophisticated and and for the most part, I think, fairly classy Twitter people were like, you don't understand what we're doing. I guess you've never, you never have. Like people, how is this a bad thing that people want to watch footy around, you know, around the people they love? So, How is that a bad thing? I don't know. 
I, I do want to know, because you've also been, have you been to the SoFi Stadium, Slim? No, not yet. And you probably have at this point already. Right? Oh, yeah. You were at Super Bowl, times. weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Woo, flex we, got a, we got our first Super Bowl guest in the building. Oh, we had our sit up. Bowl, um, <laughs> come on. How how did that compare? How does that stadium kind of compare to to the Mercedes Benz and some of the other ones you've been to? I haven't been yet. Josh has been. Yeah, um, you know it's it's um, it's just different. But the yeah. energy, I'll, I'll tell you, man. Rams games are pretty next level. Honestly, um, you know when they played at the Coliseum. They weren't next level. You know, you had a lot of the visiting team showed up quite a bit, mm-hmm. which does happen at SoFi as well. Um, Shout out Raider Nation. Anyway, go, go, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. But overall, um, no, experience is phenomenal there. Uh, energy's great. Uh, it's loud, right? And then the, um, you know, experience overall is pretty good. I like it. Yeah. They're, but they're really comparable to uh, the Benz. to Mercedes, yeah. yeah. Because the Benz was like the most expensive stadium in the world until this. Until it stadium. wasn't. Yeah, yeah. until, until this, it yeah, wasn't. Exactly. Well, now this one, people aren't going to catch that for a while, though, right? It's like a $6 billion stadium. Yeah, it'll take a minute for sure. And but the I will Benz tell was you, like 1 or 1.5. Yeah, so the notable mention there, though, is Allegiant. So. Oh, there it is. Come on. Shout out Raider Nation. It's a badass. Oh. It's a badass venue. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Um, love it. Did I, you go? I don't know how that? great of an idea it is to put like that many NFL people like and move them all to Vegas, like it just doesn't seem like a great formula for for a winning culture for for the Raiders. I'm just saying. But I mean, but talk, I mean, I, I, you Have know you what? Been, it's, it's, been, it's already fucking Hell DUIs, baby. I mean, let's, let's not talk about this season. <laughs> Have you events. been? Have you been there? No, I've not been to Legion yet. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, I'm looking, really looking forward to, to seeing it. But I mean, the Vegas culture is interesting, right? It, it took me to live in LA for a little bit to understand that Vegas is really the weekender, the long weekender trip away, and it's like it just a hop and skip away. So people treat it like a second home in a way, right? It's just yes. Palm Springs 2.0. <laughs> yeah, it's a little further. Yeah. The desert is a desert. Yeah. yeah, it's it's all of California's backyard though. It's where the Bay and LA go to meet. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good point. I mean, but, you just talked cool about spot. you just talked about friction points in different stadiums. I mean, I think when my friends and I go to a new stadium, the, the three things we always talk about is parking. Yeah. How how expensive the concessions is and what form of jumbotron they have, right? So yeah. I think that was as SoFi, that infinity screen looking <coughs> looking behemoth was like actually really impressive. I hadn't I'd not seen that before. But you're a man who's traveled the world, most interesting man in the world, candidate right here. Christian. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what have you seen like um I mean it's it was wild it's it's cool to hear you say that the Atlanta United games are maybe more well attended and even more well supported than the Falcons game. But I think when I went to the Benz, I felt the scale of what a football stadium felt like. Yeah. And I love the bank for all of its reasons, the the fact that it feels like our home because, you know, it's never empty and we we we, we cater to the audience of, you know, fo- footy lovers who are trying to trying to figure it out. But I mean is that a dream for you to, to, to work on a stadium that's like 100,000 people, like a college football stadium, like a huge venue? Like, is that that's something that's kind of that's that's always in, in the, the, the technology plans of, of you trying to plan out? Great question. <clears throat> but no, the reality, man, is, you know, a lot of the NFL stadiums are great. And then when you start talking to people in our space, like our industry, like yeah. our peers, they'll tell you, like, you know, Allegiance, a great football stadium. That That's about what it is. Right? I see. And so. What drew me to LAFC, there was a multitude of reasons, but ultimately a, a venue like Bank of California, 22,000 seats, it's not the biggest in the world, mm-hmm. but the way it's developed, like if you think of economy at, at its simplest form, like the economy of scale, right? So a stadium our size is really an outdoor arena, 
right? Mm -hmm. So you can program it for football, you can program it um, for you know boxing events, concerts, which mm -hmm. we do a ton of those types of things, which are normally in an arena space. So you had this outdoor concept, and then like you guys have seen it, <clears throat> you know, we built our our stage rigging into the roof, mm -hmm. right, 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 and so that gave us the opportunity to you know basically bring in you know more acts more touring acts more concerts and stuff because the economics of going into our building are way better than others mm -hmm. right so there's that and then from a tech perspective the fact that LAFC owns the stadium in itself is the key focal point right so Ooh, you know our, okay. you know so Stan Kroenke built SoFi and he owns the Rams but then right. you know the Rams are just a tenant in SoFi and then they also have the Chargers so they have, you know, different groups that operate and they all do a wonderful job. But at the end of the day, like in that environment, a lot of the what we do at the bank, we would never get to do at SoFi, mm. if that makes sense. Interesting. Interesting. So that, that's how I look at it. That's awesome. Man. You get more, it's more control, more say, more, you could, you have a better chance at trying things out. You can keep things longer. You can, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So one of the things that we tell, you know, folks in the industry um, the tech companies we work with is we'll try anything once, right? Um, we're always going to. That's slim in Thailand, baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I talking like this? I don't like talking like this, guys. What I the like fuck it, is happening? Yo, Josh is turning into a piece of shit like me. Everybody. God, just so I you guys that. know, love it. Yeah. So Pattaya Beach, we'll have. A <laughs> later. We got the, we got the, the continent of Asia recommendations coming. Third oh. segment. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, uh, you know, just this, this mantra we have that we'll try awesome. anything once. And because we own the venue, we can do pretty much what we want to do. That's so wild. Man. Teaching ownership. We're basically the Nipsey hustle of sports, y'all. You know what I mean? Don't own your masters, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, it's wild to think because like I knew Benny, we're talked to Benny a good amount. I think a lot of our supporters would love to talk to you more more often, um, Christian, as, as as we get along this relationship to it. Um, but I remember, like, even we were at a courthouse with LAFC Pat and then with a bunch of supporters, like, you know, talking about the community's need for this club and why these billboards need to go up. Yep. But I think we put in all this time to trust the people at the club. And now we're talking to someone at the club who's been there, like, just like Benny was, to set this thing up. And it's it's, it's pretty wild to know, like, the kind of transparency that we have here, the understanding that the innovation of like trying everything once. And also it's like, it's actually quite emotional. Like whenever you touch down back in LA, like I'm just, you know, I'll travel a little bit too. I'll, I'll take that. But coming back- in Chicago, guys. Don't get that excited. Coming, like, that's four hours away, okay? I forgot that's how long four. that fucking flight was. Uh, but coming back at like one in the morning and then seeing the bank still lit up after a win, I was like, wow, like, fuck. Like for, we play a small part in it you play a large, large, large part in it. And it's like, it's really dope to see like that kind of, you know, connection happening together, right? Like, that's awesome. Like, what, what is it for you to see? Like, does it w wake you up in the morning and be like, I got to fight for these supporters and also fight for Apple Music to, to have a place in, the, <laughs> in this house? Like, what, what, what's it like for you? Like, what's, what's the motivation behind some of the drive of, of making this uh, a, like a pristine experience? Yeah, well, what I'll tell you, so I appreciate your, your sentiment, but I, you know, I do play a role in the organization, but I think the 3252 overall, you know, they are the nucleus of the club. Like, without them, what are we, that's right? Cool. Yeah. So that's how I look at it. That's how we all look at it. Um, you know, every don't day. let it get to your head, guys. You still got to build more <laughs> work. Um, but yeah, you know, there's a group of us 
you know, pretty much everybody in the organization that believes, you know, and so I spent a lot of time in Europe. So sometimes I refer to the 3252 as the ultras, mm. right? You get that culture. Sure. So for me, like the ultras are the engine of the organization, right? That the North end is the key to, to our success for sure. Um, and we all believe that, right? So there's, there's not a day that goes by where we're not thinking about, you know, how do we enrich the experience on the North end? And so from a tech perspective, there's a lot of things uh, that we're working on now. We were just talking about, you know, our autonomous retail yeah. up there. <laughs> there's some- Shout out to Peanut m and baby. I love them. Yes. That's my new rec. Yeah. But, young Young Dewey's loves the Sour Patch Kids. Oh, know? solid, solid. He's solid. like, I I just got to open it up and I could like it's like I could grab whatever I wanted. It was crazy. <laughs> toy Toy Store. Sour Patch Kids are good, man, but they also you know they stick with you for yes. for a minute. Yeah, they, they, hang. <laughs> they hang. They're in the gums. <laughs> a little bit of a struggle, um, but yeah. So there's some things that we wanted to do, you know, for for the stadium for sure. But you think about the North End, so like the Heineken Bar, right? Yeah. Um, we're working on a new point of sale. Uh, partner, we're, we're going to be rolling out this summer, but I want to get rid of the, you know, the, we have the traditional point of sale units today, like the stationary units. We're yeah. going to move to handhelds. Is oh. the plan? Wow. So then we can, you know, almost in theory, double the number of bartenders because we have these point of sales and they're all portable, mm. and then we can break the lines faster. So that's part of it. <clears throat> and then I think you guys might have seen, we're hyper focused on biometric age verification and payment. So we're doing a pilot now. We've been doing it since System of a Down, right back in February. And so that's in those Vicky units that you saw. So you can use Clear, uh -huh. which you can sign up for free, and um, you can buy beer with your face, right? Which is really buy cool. Buy beer with your face. Buy your, beer, your beer face. Get your beer one. face on. <laughs> yeah, so super easy, efficient. Um, we're in a pilot phase now, so there's nuances and things that we're working through. But ultimately, we want to have that biometric capability um, you know, in the North End as well, uh, fully opt-in. Because mm. some people come at me, they're like, but do privacy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the way it works, though, is, first of all, you opt into it. So do it or don't. We don't care, but we're trying to make it something more efficient for you. Um, but the way that Clear identifies the faces, it's really not Alex. It's really a topology, right? It's an anonymous topology. What is that word? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like eyebrows, nose, like it has a general definition. It's like topography, but for your face, bro. That's fucking fire. Biology bro. mixed with wow. the topo. Yeah, man. It's topo like maps. It's topo. like a terrain masking yes. of the face, right? And then it assigns a profile because you've logged in. And so it's, there's a lot of egghead shit there. But ultimately, <laughs> we just, we know who you are based off of characteristics of your face That's without right. knowing who you are. And we're not tracking like your movement and what you do. Uh, and where tell you us go. where you're selling our info to, bro. <laughs> we don't sell any information. It's fully encrypted. Let's so, go. but oh, yeah, dude, so you you'll start to see. Hey, man, at the end of the day, like, I just want to do really cool things. And I want, you know, the, the guest experience to just be that much better. And by the way, like, what I tell people all the time is most of the stuff that we're working on right now is we're trying to build the stadium for the year 2030. Right. Mm. That's where we're focused. Like we're focused, you know, under 10 years from now. Yeah. Um, because sure, we could just open a stadium, play football, have some concerts and just have the status quo like everybody else. Or we can, you know, affect change and do really cool stuff um, and, you know, make some meaningful changes around technology, what which is what we do. Because the other stuff's boring. I what will the stadium look like in 2030? Sounds like it's going to be hovering. 
<laughs> We're going to take off? That would be proof. difficult. <laughs> yeah. He did it in StarCraft. We can do it. <laughs> <laughs> he did it in StarCraft. Fucking battle cruiser operational, motherfuckers. Boom. Cool. Um, you know, we'll see. But, you know, I will tell you one of the ideas we have is we'd love to make that roof uh, LED. Right. So oh. in, instead of the, the ETFE, you know, that, that fabric membrane on the roof, we'd love to make that a fully programmable LED. You know, we are in the flight path. So imagine the programming opportunities there. Um, God, so look looking at that, looking at, you know, rolling out flight. the full on autonomous uh, retail environment, you know, where you basically just walk up. Grab your stuff, walk away. Show your face yeah. around. Human Show, interaction. You just walk around with your face and you come back to your seat with a lot of things. Yep. Just walk face out. Fear. Technology as well. Um, you know, Apple Pay is, is a big partner, as you guys know. And so for us. Dollar know, Waters. We love it, Apple Pay. Yeah. yeah. The, the tap, man. The tap and go is the key for us. You know, about 80% of our transactions now. Um, I mean, to keep it West Coast, you should just call it the tooted and booted. So about 80% of the transactions at ticketing, right? So when you're coming into the the stadium um, at the readers are NFC, right? Which is, which is a key focal point of the Apple wallet, right? Because most of our, our fans, I think you guys know about 78% of the devices that come into the stadium are iOS, right? Which is kind of wild. Oh, was that 70, 80%? 78. Wow. Yeah, fuck your green bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> iOS, 78% market share. Jesus, that's yeah, a thing. It's wild. Um, and so that's been really good. And then, you know, Apple Pay Tap's been really good. So I say this because I'm, I'm trying to get to a point is um, all that stuff eliminates friction, man. So you guys get, you know, in and out of line way faster than you would if people were, you know, dropping cash and, and all these other things. Did I, This was a thought I had in season one and I haven't thought about it since but I think the bank was the first time I had been to a stadium where like you couldn't get a paper ticket right yeah in the beginning and that was like the, I remember like you know concerts and stuff normally people were all using box? Phones, but I think at that time even in the very first season was there ever a paper ticket yeah so our first season um, we were with a different ticketing company than Ticketmaster yes um, but just for that one season uh-huh. we had a lot of a lot of fun times there uh, <laughs> w- wonderful partner that we lived them and uh, and so there was a PDF option. Oh, so you could print it. And then we decided to to pivot because we wanted to be digital only. And there were some things around, you know, we've worked on face identity ticketing as well. Wow. Which, you know, we did that pilot. I don't know if you guys saw it. If you blinked, you didn't see it. But at the beginning of 2020, uh, we actually got three, three games into the season um, with our biometric ticketing pilot with Ticketmaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had to shut it all down because of the pandemic. But... Yeah. We had, uh, we had about 1,000, 1,200 or so uh, season ticket members that onboarded to use it. Mm. And it was really good. It worked really well. And we're hoping to bring that back um, as part of the technology stack around entry. So, you know, forward looking, hopefully sooner than later, because we actually tried it out at the All-Star Game, if you guys were there, mm-hmm. um, is covert threat detection. So we want to, at some point, eliminate the magnetometers and the trays that you see, right? So uh-huh. where you have to like, you know, drop shit in a bucket and go through a magnetometer. It's a little intrusive. I was like, what's a magnetometer? But now I know what a magnetometer is. <laughs> yeah, We're the, learning technology. Guys, this is this education. Know what a magnetometer. Yeah. So we want to get away from that at some point um, and move to what's called covert threat detection. So it, it can identify metal. It can 
you know, identified, you know, blades and, and weapons and, and, and those types of things. There's even versions that can identify, you know, organic materials. Uh, it's interesting. Heroin, yeah. like all, all kinds of random things. Yeah. Um, Just be careful, you little, yeah. you little shooters <laughs> that come to the bank. But we want to get into that space because then you can just walk into the stadium naturally because you don't have to stop. And then if your ticket is your face, right, then you're just you're walking into the stadium like you are a, a retail store, like Target, right? Yeah. So did was there ever a time where people just like, or there were there ever match goers who didn't have a phone and just like wanted to go to a game? Like, did that problem ever come up? Um, we have had that, but it's not as prevalent as you would think. Um, and you can go to the box office and we'll issue you an RFID ticket, which yeah. looks like a business card and it has a little RFID tag in it, but it's not technically a paper ticket. Oh. Everything yeah. and anything to avoid the paper tickets. Yes, like by all means. Just shoot out business cards with cute, like, that's fucking fire. <laughs> I mean, save a lot of paper, man. This is weird. Okay, so. Before we get to this segment too, as we change it, let's let's add, ask a big question here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here he comes. Let's ask <laughs> Bring it. Josh comes with this big dog. We've had a lot of people who first football memories or not, they've talked about the stadiums they love, and they've often talked about you know going to uh, the the Camp Nou or um, Old Trafford or you know like Bombonera and talk about the the spirit the soul of the stadium the the ghost inside the stadium the stuff that the legends are made out of and i think i maintain it's like the ghosts and the soul of the stadium are oftentimes the friction points that have just become beloved weirdly enough over time mm -hmm. like is there a breaking point where everything when it's so simple loses out on some of its some of its character some of its soul or do you feel like it's just like do, do, are we just going for hovering stadium like Slim said earlier? Like, is that is that just the characteristic of it? Like, what what are you saying stadium... that like sitting in a long line really like makes me feel like I'm in the stadium? Yeah, I mean the people talk like that for real. Really, you know? like, like oh, just nothing like waiting for like the first right, forty five right. minutes to get my beer. <laughs> like my first. Game I mean, ever... but maybe I, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. Is that like, the suffering's part of it? The suffering, I think, is <laughs> like being a, being a part of a group and suffering. It's I Such think it's it's. <laughs> Motherfucker, I really have to look at myself. We too love suffering. Yeah, we love suffering. We we've come to love it. I think we've been forced to love it. But I don't. That's that's like it's like the 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 old bones of a stadium have a lot of you know character or soul to it. Do you feel like the bank, as it continues to modern modernizes, like do you ever worry about that? Do you think about the character of the bank moving forward as we you know advance in technology stuff? No. Um, in fact, I think it's the exact opposite. I would rather have people experience why they're there, right? So the, the football match, the Falcon flight, um, you know, the goal scored, the interaction with, with the club, like mm -hmm. the players and things that, you know, all the rituals that we have, right? right. There's a lot of really cool things around it, a lot of nuance. Um, you know, I think that is the magic. Standing in line, like Alex said, like, shit, you know, I... I like uh, Fenway Park. I like to check it out, but there's all kinds of friction there. Yeah, like it's sure. a pain in the ass. Right, but right. when you actually get down to it, I'm not a big baseball fan, but I do like the camaraderie and hanging out and and, and just stuff. Josh is basically saying like, can can you at least leave some of the pain in my ass in the stadium because I want to experience that pain in my ass. Otherwise, I feel like I didn't have a sporting experience. Is that what you're saying? God, no, I think that's. I mean, that's that's at the heart of it. You know, it's like I it's. It. I kind of think crazy, it, you know, right. this is the metaphor I thought of while you were saying this. Yeah, it's yeah. like you love clothes and like fashion, right? Love it. Like if it was socially acceptable, I would walk around naked all day. 
Because there's now there's nothing between me and like the you know my experience. I just get a habit. Because he's straight up. To let you know he got a big dick. Maybe that's, maybe, that's, maybe that's the hippie. Maybe that's like the hippie dippy in me. Okay, yeah. But okay. you're like you're like oh like oh the clothes though you know and even yeah, if the, those yeah. clothes are like burdensome or they make you uncomfortable you're still like yeah but like you've romanticized the. It's not a perfect metaphor. The pain but, is beauty type yeah. deal. Yeah, I mean I think all those the the friction and the pain points that happen come from a certain old-fashioned functionality, right? Like, the only way to get a beer was to stand in a 30-minute in a line, right? Yeah. Or to to do that thing. So, like, I'm I'm all up for, for upgrading. I just, like, I'm looking at, like, you know, the people talk about the Fenways of the world, the Wrigley's of the world. Even yeah. the new Yankee Stadium, people say, don't doesn't have the same charm to it as the old one. But charm in that way is a subjective way of saying, like, man, it's not as shitty as it once used to be. And I was there, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like I, it's it's like, well, it's like it, people who love like the way that like certain bars you know have that right. griminess. Sure. Oh, exactly. I, can, I I miss when you could just smell the piss when you'd like walk in here. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. The the suffering. Yeah, there might be something psychological in there, Josh. Yeah. You could uh, dive into that. Well, we can create a, a one one little like retail Corner. kiosk for you. <laughs> And it'll Call just have a cash zone. box. Yeah, we'll <laughs> pay people to stand there while you wait for four minutes. That'd actually be really funny. If they're just like one, This is the smartest way I've been told to shut the fuck up. <laughs> they're like, We're moving forward. They're actually like, we only take change. You yeah. have to, you don't, we don't want to do bills. You have to bring all the proper change. But that would get change. caught by the scanners with all that metal. Yeah. <laughs> or, or crypto only. It's a vicious crypto, crypto only crypto line. Only. Yeah. yeah. All right. And on that note, we'll Let's take our first break. Let's take our first break. Back here with FCFC Pod, here with Christian Lau, CTO. CL Smooth. LAFC. Boom. And we're here with Josh Bice's second segment, famous segment. Oh, here it Where's his ID the IG? Uh, where we look back, this is so stolen from Hot Ones. <laughs> where we look back into our guest's IG reel, IG profile, IG feed, and we just ask to explain. Explain that gram is what the Hot Ones is. So that's what we're doing right now. So let me read you some. This is coming from July 29th, 2018. Uh, Christian here is at Oracle Park in the lovely Bay Area. And the caption reads, lovely day in San Francisco with my boo and friends. Hello Kitty Day at SF Giants. Hashtag Hello Kitty. Hashtag San Rio. Hashtag San Francisco. Hashtag Giants. Hashtag Baseball. Hashtag MLB. And then the the kind of elusive hashtag baseball emoji tag right there. I love it. <laughs> That's the ultimate right there. But... Christian standing with his, his friends and family with a Hello Kitty here yes. in the Bay Area. And I think Christian's IG and Christian's LinkedIn is a must-follow in the LAFC universe. It is, in some ways, the ultimate flexigram where <laughs> this man is traversing oceans to see stadiums, to see concerts. Your teeth were moving. Yeah, it, 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 it looked like you wanted to add something. But this is... Sorry. Your teeth were moving. But yeah, can you talk to us about, um, first off, this day in the Bay Area with standing with a life-size, life, not life-size, I guess, but a giant Hello Kitty wearing, wearing a giant hat. You're not wearing a giant hat out of respect for, I'm guessing, your, the, the LA roots you've put down. Yes. But, um, go Dodgers. Yeah. Go, go, can you talk to us through this day and also kind of what 
all the, the the kind of stadiums and the kind of experience that you see. You just came from South by Southwest, so please start us off with this San Francisco experience. Yeah, man. So, you know, who doesn't love Hello Kitty, right? Nobody. Everybody. Um, we have an LAFC uh, Hello Kitty that first right. season. Exactly right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. So I used to, you know, post. Well, not used to, still do. But you know, we'll see how things go post pandemic. Um, but you know, anywhere Hello Kitty shows up, I'm there, man. <laughs> yeah. So, Oracle Park. And, you know, Dodger Stadium, although it's more fun at Dodger Stadium, if I'm honest. Uh, but we had Hello Kitty at Bank of California, if you if you recall, back in 2019. I do. I have two of those still. I still have some stashed. Yeah. If you need one. But the Hello, uh, Hello Kitty was there also, like in suit form or? Yeah. What the? I missed that. What? Was there Hello Kitty? She came Hello- to the North End, man. What the fuck was I? Was you were waiting in line. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> preserving the soul of the stadium. Thank you, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you're a Hello Kitty you're a Hello Kitty uh, groupie in a, in a certain ways 100% man anything Japanese culture love it spent a couple years in Tokyo um, still go back to Japan on occasion in fact I was there in February of 2020 mm. uh, when COVID was already hitting there and so you know people wearing masks and they had all the restrictions well not restrictions but the requirements to, to do certain things um, what were you why were you living in Tokyo how did that how did that happen I used to be in the Navy so I was, uh, you know, in the Navy four years, Naval Intelligence. Where were you stationed? In Yakuska, Japan. Ah. And which means really, so I was there two years, which means I actually um, probably spent about three months out of 24 months actually in Japan. Otherwise, mm. I was in the Middle East. Wow. Yeah. But love it. Love Tokyo. Um, go back there frequently only because... It's a very inspiring location. Like as a city, um, everything that they do there is about five years in the future, mm-hmm. right? And that's no joke. So technology, fashion. Yeah, that's right. Like you know. Yeah, yeah. Straight um, leg, wide sexual, pants. Sexual, sexual. That's Wild, just hitting man. hitting it right now. Yeah. Like sure. if we could fly there right now. We should go because we're going to see what we look like in five years. That's mm-hmm. Like it's wild. And you look at the technology, like I'm talking about, you know, all the biometric stuff and just walk out tech and, and autonomous retail. And it's already there. Like, you know, there's there's full on um, convenience stores, you know, family marts, Lawson, etc. Um, that are all autonomous. There is no attendant now. Like yeah. they literally just walk in, just walk out, um, you know. And so that that's kind of the next level. You know, their 5G networks, their Wi-Fi networks, everything is just insane, right? Like, you know, Bank of California, we have a a very uh, pristine, very efficient network um, for our, you know, for our industry. It's one of the best. But you go to a place like Tokyo and the whole city is wired the same way, right? Like, it's just really wild to experience. They do love their paper money, though, still. That's like the one, I guess, like the one hang up is that everyone uses paper money. Not everyone. Okay. I shouldn't say that. There's a lot of the autonomous things you're saying, but yeah. I'm, I've always surprised. Um, I was there three months last summer. I'm yeah. going to go again in May. And I'm always surprised. Like, I'm like, wow, like so much paper money. Yeah. The, the yen is still popular, but um, you know, the big thing is Suica there, right? Yeah. Which yeah. is, you know, the, that gets, yeah, the, yeah, you're right. the train gets you card right. back in the day, it was like to get the, you know, the JR line. Uh huh. And now it's like the ubiquitous payment solution. For so you everything. can use it. Use it's imagine, yeah, imagine using your tap card at 7-Eleven. Like your LAFC China. tap card. Yeah, yeah, your LAFC tap card at 7-Eleven. In fact, I even have Suica on my iPhone. 
sitting right here in my Apple wallet. So I use it on my, I use my Apple watch everywhere. I never even take out a wallet anymore. Here or there. Yeah. And then if I'm at a restaurant here in the U.S., like I went to Bottega Louie recently, only to find out that they don't take Apple Pay. And I was like, You're like I, I guess I can't buy food. I would like my check, please. I'm, Goodbye. Dude, let me pull out my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> he said that was such disdain. That was real disdain in his voice. I think you guys could hear it. I mean, I, we want to get more into to, to your personal bag. Bring it. But I, you know, before that, I want to talk. You know, I'm 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 kind of a luxury consumer, I could say. <laughs> Where Josh always sees his, his way in. Where is this going? Where but you just going? talk about your wallet, right? And, <laughs> and let's talk. Let's about talk about let's later. talk about pockets. But it's just like, <laughs> what when I mean, phones are expensive. We all know that. Somehow we all make this is a necessity. Everyone has an iPhone across the world, across this country. What do you see as? You know, people used to flex with their wallets, right? People used to flex with the Goyard, the, the Louis Vuitton. I remember, like, my friends who had no business owning any of those would, you know, <laughs> s- save a lot of money or steal, you know, a lot of money to, to, to get that. But it's just, <laughs> like, what what do you think becomes when technology becomes the ultimate, the, the, the ease of use becomes the the kind of standard what is the way you flex on people <laughs> with technology <laughs> Wait, hold on before you answer i feel like this is just another way of like josh's romanticized view of old old society yes. being under attack by the evil technology lords <laughs> that are going to take away all the, ro- all the romance hey i just i just bought a new suit okay that's why that's how old like, backwards is- i am right now dude I that's love that. yeah but like what um, do you think is 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 how do people vpn dog Shout out Express VPN. I think you could actually yeah. sponsor the Nord That'd be, yeah. Oh, you're a Nord guy? Oh, okay. We're fucked. Either way. <laughs> um, that's a, damn, that's a really thought-provoking question. Um, and I like Goyard, by the way, because it's like super low-key, even Ooh. though it's not. Um, <laughs> but it's so old. Like you think like Louis Vuitton was like, you know, decades after the fact. That's and right. Goyard is ancient and, and shrouded in mystery, as you know. Um, yeah, no, I think the new flex point, honestly, like the, the phone itself, everybody has a phone, right? right. Um, you could accessorize that phone with like an Arch- Ar- Ar- Argentinian made leather case from Baja. Yeah. Oh. It's custom made to order. Um, <laughs> but nobody would ever know it. Like it's not. Can, a, I, can a, I, let me. Yeah, uh, it's not a flex brand, right? Do we um, talk, talk us through the it's tactile? Not a, it's not a flex so. brand, but it is a. It's, it's flexible and it's flex in your hand. Yeah, it's, it's a flex super, hand. It's super comfortable and it just the texture is really nice. So I highly recommend Baja cases. You um, know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the the little outside some of the ma, the mate the yerba mate gourds. They have like coverings and it can kind of be like this. Uh, I love that. I've yeah. never touched a gourd. Yeah. Never touched the gold. That's the name of the episode right now. Never touched the gold. (laughs) Um, But yeah, man. So I think, you know, case is a flex point. Honestly, man, your accessories are key. You know, when AirPods first came out, Mm. they were like kind of a big deal. But now there's all these new things coming out. Um, You know, Bang & Olsen makes some some pretty killer. Uh, Oh, look at you flexing. You know what? Come on. It's a birthday gift. Let's go, y'all. You have some nice headphones. You didn't even tell us. (laughs) (laughs) Love but no text can flex man so like you know apple watch you got different iterations hermes 
Right. Ooh. Ooh. Which is a great that's what we're here for, baby. Come Bam. on. Yo, uh, fucking brokies, step your life up. It's a soft H. It's not Hermes. Exactly. Yeah. Pass that verse AC. Let's go. Hermes, man. Um, but yeah, so and then in the digital realm, honestly, I, I think over the next five years, um, Web3, right? So anything blockchain, um, you think about crypto, um, you know, that's where it's going to be. Like NFTs, everybody like shits the bed over NFTs right now. Ultimately, I think as we get more into that digital realm, that's going to be the swagger, right? When you think about like the the tokens you're going to own, the utility behind those tokens, the access that you gain by owning those tokens, those are the things that are going to be. Um, are you buying real estate in the metaverse yet? No. And, I, <laughs> and the reason why is you know there's all these metaverse platforms right new shit comes out every day people are spending millions of dollars on yachts and land on shit that might not exist in five years mm-hmm. right so it's just we'll see how it shakes out like isn't you know that also is. true for like physical reality because the oceans are rising 100 percent. oh yeah, yeah dude i would Disappearing not buy islands. beachfront property uh in the netherlands right now right yeah. so like you or, or, or venice right so um, Italy, not California, but give it 10 years. We'll see how it shakes. <laughs> give it 10 years. Um, but yeah, so, you know, all that stuff, it's in its infancy, right? And I think that you have a lot of pioneers out there. They're, they're trying new things. They're buying, you know, yachts of the metaverse. I think, you know, people are spending a, a wads of cash on NFTs. Um, all their PPP loans. Yep. And some <laughs> of it makes sense because, you know, you think about, you know, the secondary market and the utility play around some of it makes sense some of it's just you know people are trying to get headlines man so we're working on you know strategically as a club we're working on our web3 strategy and some things that we want to bring to market um but we're not trying to capture headlines right Mm. we're just trying to figure out you know the next generation of uh loyalty right Mm. our membership platform there's some things that we're going to be rolling out this summer um but it's really about the utility of it and and how it affects you know the you know the customer the fan base by the way, you know, I usually say like audience or I'll say customer, which sounds really impersonal. I just I'm not a big um, proponent of the word fan. Right. Me neither. So in what way? In what way? Well, you know, fan is derived from fanatic mm-hmm. and which makes people sound crazy. Right. So I'm not really a fan of anything, but I'm a supporter of. So, like, I consider all LAFC um you know, I'm not going to say the word now. Sure. <laughs> supporters, right? Mm. Um, but then you also have people in the building that aren't necessarily supporters. They just show up. So they're more customers, right? Or the audience in general. So anyway, that's how my, my head's wired. They're guests. They're guests. Ooh. Yeah. You like guests. Yeah, I don't like the word fan either. Um, how come for you? Where does that come from? It's a thing that spins on the ceiling. And in the words of Killer Mike... In the words of Killer Mike, as he told me once, uh, when I interviewed him, as he told me once, Jesus, he did. Oh, yeah. He did. I've got oh, yeah. the recording. I'll play. It you for want to you walk want. out naked? Because you got a big dick. He Let's says. Uh, he said, "You know, you don't need a fan when you ain't hot. A supporter supports you whether you're hot or you're not." Boom. So there he you said go. That to, he said that to you. Just he said that to me. Wow. I have a recording. Killer Mike. Should put that record. on a T-shirt. That's awesome. So, let's talk about analog Christian. Ooh. Before, before all the, the tech came into your world, like what, what drew? I guess, I guess the, that inflection point when it happened. Like, when did you start falling in love with technology? When did you start like really viewing this as something you wanted to spend 
many hours a day dealing with? Oh man. So, you know, I had my first computer when I was 11. So I was into gaming, all of that stuff. Um, which games? So have so I've always been. Slim said, "Which games? All of them." Slim, so, you, I can't. You gotta. Sorry. <laughs> so my my go to back in the day was Blades of Steel. Oh, the hockey game. Yeah, you Blades to, of Steel. It's just, like like the yeah. like the the, yeah. the sound, the metal sound. You'd get in a fight and like blood would yeah. just be on the ice. Oh, and, yeah. Blades of Steel, bro. Um, love that. Was really into back in the day when Jurassic Park came out. They actually had a Jurassic Park game on Sega Genesis, which yeah. like it That's my captivated me forever. Mm. It was mm. wild. Um, and then Joe Montana football. Yes. Then. That was my first game on Sega Genesis. Yeah. Wow. That was the shit. Yes. So I love that. Oh, wow. That and the, I, I was a little younger, so I had the Power Rangers game. Love that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so no, technology has always you know, been at the forefront, I think, of my life um, from an analog standpoint. You know, I had, uh, you know, really big into vinyl, as mm. you do, right? Mm. Um, adopted CDs. I remember really well. It was like the year 1984. CDs had just come out, um, you know. I was really into that. So then I, you know, had the CDs and the vinyl and then living in Japan, mini disc right. was a major thing in the, in the mid to late nineties. Oh, yeah. Did you have a mini disc player? Of course, two of them. So wow. I had this really badass Kenwood portable mini disc player. I still yeah. have it. It, it. Exceptional. And then I had this like giant stereo system, also Kenwood because Kenwood was the shit back in the day. Um, that was a multi Mini disc changer. Hey, oh, you had a multi mini disc changer. So you just drug dealer money right there. That <laughs> shit in, man, and yeah, it was just crazy. I also had a mini disc player, portable, and a and a you know like a proper stereo one, but it was not multi disc. So no. So to this day, I still have all my mini discs and CDs. Most of my vinyl's gone though. That disc that was lost to time. You right. know, I yeah. blame my sister, but <laughs> yeah, asshole. But um, the mini disc, man, they're legit, and the, I remember. This is probably like the year 2000 um, at Tower Records in Shibuya, Tokyo, mm, which mm. is still open, by the way. You yep. know, they still oh, have yeah, 85 yeah. towers in, in Japan. I know the exact one you're talking about. Because they love them. Wow. And I remember walking up, and I think it was the fifth floor. The entire floor was mini discs. And so I remember just going wild, man. I remember buying, like, you know, Miles Davis, John Cole. I, mean, I like jazz a lot. Yeah. But, like... Um, Miles Davis and John Coltrane, The Clash, all these mini discs that you could actually buy in the packaging. Yeah, I still have. Wow, amazing artwork! Like everything about it was really kind of kind of crazy. Yeah, mine were all like recorded off CDs onto the mini disc. Oh, like I've I was got making that my too. own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I don't think I had any like proper artist ones. That's dope. So, do you think that like this this period of time in Japan is that where like the interest in technology now becomes? you know, amplified because of you're seeing everything into the future there. And then like, you know, you start getting further and further into it on your journey. Yeah, I think it had more to do. So when I was in the Navy, um, you know, I did a lot of intelligence work, but almost all of that was computer based. Right. Uh, um, so you're already doing it by the time you got there. You were already oh yeah. in that yeah. field, in that world. But okay. my focus wasn't on the computer. It was more what I was doing on the computer. But mm. then I decided, like, I had this opportunity. It's like, do I stay in the military or do I go into the private sector, right? Mm. Um, and so I got into the private sector, um, left the Navy for publishing, oddly enough. Wow. Um, and then that's kind of my trajectory from there. I was like, you know, publishing and uh, you know, rights managed royalty-free imagery, and then I got into consulting, and now LAFC. 
but um, but you know the computer was always a focal point for me, and then mm-hmm. just technology in general. Um, and it just kind of happened. It was not something that was planned. It just I'm naturally, um, you know, aligned with technology. Um, I enjoy figuring things out, right? Trying to solve problems. I've done that my whole career. Whatever it is, mundane things like digital asset management on the publishing side, which is not the most exciting topic, um, or how to build a, a Wi-Fi network for you know twenty two thousand fans. <laughs> that's, that's what I love to hear. Guests, baby, guests. That's what I love to hear. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, how does that LAFC opportunity pop up and, like, what what made you want to jump at it? So, it's funny. Um, you know, my first conversation with LAFC was with Benny. In Sick. fact, I was, um, so we had mutual friends, right? Mm. Like, there was, like, this weird combination of, of things that, that made that happen. And my first call with him, I was actually at the the, the uh, Power Rangers movie premiere. <laughs> <laughs> the new one. Yeah, a few yeah. years ago. Shout um, out Krispy Kreme, sponsor <laughs> of the pod. Because my friend Janet um, was a producer on the movie. Okay. And so I was at the premiere that night. And so I'm in the car park and I'm like, oh shit, Benny's calling me. <laughs> Which we had planned it. I just, you know. Yeah, yeah. you were watching Power Rangers. Yeah, so you, had, you, had a, you had a plan that evening. Almost. So yeah. I was in the parking lot. We were having a good yeah. conversation. Um, but that's how it started, you know. And, you know. He wanted, he was like right away, he was like, you should come. Like, was he advocating for you to come? Or were, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. No, for sure. So mm-hmm. we, we had the conversation and then it was more of a, you know, you know, how would, how, what would you do to, to open a stadium? Like, you know, what are your thoughts? And kind of gave him a general idea. I don't remember exactly what I said. And then from there, just, I had to interview with several people. Yeah. Um, took a while, but um, it just kind of worked itself out. So it was more like the, the interesting, the interesting problem to be solved rather than like, the way I would imagine a lot of people who are attracted to LAFC and working there in the beginning are like, oh, I love sports. I love football. I'm joining yeah. this organization. You were like, okay, this is like an interesting challenge for me. Well, it's totally different. So, like, I had been in consulting for, you know, 13 years, 13 and a half years, um, you know, as a technologist. So, what that means is, like, building businesses. I spent a lot of time in Asia, a lot of time, uh, you know, Amsterdam, Shanghai, uh, New York City, um, you know, building businesses. Uh, especially on the franchise side, right? Like franchise is, right? Mm-hmm. So working on that, building, um, you know, different, you know, marketing services, businesses, um, you know, technology companies, right? Uh, MSPs, like managed service providers, like totally not sexy. Mm. Um, and even physical infrastructure. So that's where my, you know, interest in stadium build out came from is because I used to actually build out, you know, office spaces, office buildings, right? Yeah. Um, which is fun, you know. You have to source things, and it's 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 a really compelling thing to do. If you know, highly recommend it. Um, but the idea that I could actually, you know, come in, build the technology stack in a stadium was not something I ever. It wasn't on my bucket list, right? Yeah. But it just made sense. So I was I was super excited to do it. Do you think of all the things you've done? in this in this whole career with technology this is the this is the place where you really get to see like up close live like the effect of the things you're working on like did you get to see people walk into these office buildings and sort of interact in the way like you had intended when you started sourcing these materials do you, do you did you get to see where the rubber hits the road the most at your current 
Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And is it, that is that like part of the appeal and like why it's still exciting and interesting for you? Oh, 100%. So you go into, you know, an office building and you sit at a desk and it's like, "Oh, they got on the network. That's great. That's, I intended to, I intended for them to get on the network." <laughs> yeah. Not fun. Um, but in a stadium environment, you know, the things that we do, the technology that we bring in, you know, into the stadium, um, some of the decisions we make, um, when you see people interact with it, and you see that it works the way we expected it to, it actually, it means something, right? Mm -hmm. People are coming in, we're trying to give them an escape from the day to day, we want them to have a good time, we want to bring joy. And so I don't want people to have to think about technology, right? Waiting 45 minutes in line, you see someone who gets just to tap their phone and get their dollar water. Dollar water, dollar water. <laughs> dollar water. So I've done my job when people can get in the building and they can buy stuff and they can interact with each other and they can post on Instagram um, without any any hiccups, right? No yeah. issues. Um, that's a good night, mm -hmm. right? Do you get to enjoy the games? <laughs> Rarely. So once in a while, I'll catch a glimpse of a replay. Mm -hmm. On the screen? <laughs> yeah. Um, a glimpse on a replay. You're like, you know, you're like a capo. Like, and then I'll, you know, I'll, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll hear, you know, Rage Against the Machine come on and I'm like, oh shit, we scored. So my first thing is always to look at the North End because I just want to see the beer flying, which is <laughs> yeah. always, I've been in a beer shower. It was fun. Yeah. But that was a happenstance. I just happened to be walking by <laughs> yeah. at the time and just like, you know, it was fun. Um, but yeah, you know, to this day, Fun fact, I've never sat down at an LAFC match. Wow. I feel like it would be bad luck. Uh, do so, you, are you superstitious? No, oddly enough. But Just for this one thing? Yeah, it's weird, man. So, and so I'm not superstitious, but I do stupid shit because. <laughs> <laughs> You're stupid shit cyst. Yeah, I don't, I don't sit. And then in 2019, uh, me and Richard Roscoe, um, you know, the, you know, the team was on a tear. We were doing well. And, like, I swore it had to be my outfit. The socks I was wearing. Was that a gong? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, the socks I'm wearing, the shoes I was wearing, like, my whole outfit. So I had, now, clearly I washed everything. But the next match, I would have to wear the same shit over and over and again. What until I think we ended what up in a draw. Uh-huh, okay. And then I was like, oh, it's lost its mojo. So then I changed it out. But just yeah. stupid things like that. And uh, I don't think most people would admit they do that. But yeah. So, I but think not almost every one of us do, does things like that. Anyone who's followed sports for like any prolonged amount of time, for sure. I yeah. try to wear the opposing team's colors on my boxers so they could kiss my ass. Love it. Is that a true story? Day. Yeah. Love that. How many different Spice, colors do you of boxes? It doesn't, it doesn't always match up. Sometimes <laughs> he's like, I've I got have, this rave green pair for the Sanders. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go buy you done. some Galaxy Underoos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. beat them. Do you have? Do you have? It depends. Uh, the sitting, sitting down, standing up is is a, is a big thing for me, especially if I'm watching on TV because I do have powers from behind the TV. <laughs> so you know, you know what I speak of. No, of course, of course, yeah. of course. Um, it depends on you know what. What so what uh, if I'm on a sofa? Which cushion am I sitting on? Um, my my friend used to have uh you know his his dad was a big like sports nerd, so I had like the ballpark seats. We'd always have like one seat, and, and like that's like I was like, oh, that's a, that's some dope shit. Like we could we can't afford that shit, so I'm gonna do that in my friend's house. And I try to do the same seat thing. Uh, when it comes to the north end, it's 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 kind of a work day for us too. 
for uh, for a lot of the the SG leaders. So we, it's it's more of managing responsibilities rather than superstition that day. But yeah. I don't know. Like away days, is there a way I tie my scarf? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> How do you tie it? Foreign hand knot, baby. I don't even know if that's the right term, but it's like double knot. Forehand. You have you have one Maybe popping out. Yeah, you yeah. Through. Come on. Hop lock. Neck tight thing going up. <laughs> so, will. On a match day, when we see you, yeah, you know, walking around, what what do you have to do on those days? Like, what, where, where do, is it just putting out fires at that point? Because you can't like possibly generally no. So you know, people have asked me that in the past. So basically, if I'm running around the stadium putting out fires, then we didn't do our job before the event, right? Yeah. So most of the things that we have to do on the technology side are done. Uh, usually a couple of days in advance, right? And we make sure everything's good to go hours before gates. Um, normally when you see me running around, it's, um, you know, I host quite a bit. We have a lot of partners in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, every match we have, you know, partners coming in. We have prospective partners. Um, we've got VIPs and things that, that come in. I've got friends that come in. And so it's really just running around and making sure everybody's in a good spot where they need to be. Um, hosting, I help Rich out with hosting, you know, like Field Suite 10 and some of the stuff we do down there. Um, that's really it. Now, yeah. on occasion, things do happen. Mm-hmm. And so I might be chasing my ass trying to figure something out, but it's usually an anomaly. So fingers crossed, you know, we don't run into any, you know, major hookups. We've only had, you know, since we opened the bill. I'm not even going to finish that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Never you don't, don't give us a number. Don't yeah. give us a number, but can you give us a, can you give us an example of an experience of just like a something hit the fan that you had to deal with that sucked. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we like we've had our our primary router go down that services the guest network. Right. Wow. So everyone it was, everyone's, like, it was a glitch. Wi-Fi is out. Yeah, it was a glitch. It was a Cisco, thank you Cisco issue, <laughs> but we got it they're super fast. So we yeah. were able to get it resolved in a couple of minutes, but it's things like that like yeah. it basically shut down ticketing. And you're at that point is everyone just like turned to you and you got to be the guy that like is going to go down there and you like, I got a guy. It? So you my got a guy is Colin Champion. Great Colin. name. That's his oh, real name. You never see him. CC, but it's CC. He's, he's always hidden out. He's within the wires themselves. Yeah, he's yeah. literally down behind the North End. So where the North what? End sits, behind the North End, right, uh-huh. there is Main IT. So that is one of the most advanced. And I don't want to. Yeah. So anyway, it's behind locked doors, people. Yeah, it's behind some locked doors. You got, the stuff in there is not that expensive. Don't worry about it's it. It's one of the most advanced <laughs> rooms. In any venue you're ever going to go into, well, Colin Champion, yeah, good dude, is is conducting his own technological orchestra yes. underneath the North End Orchestra at all times. Keep that in mind, my yep. people. Yep. And what's funny is, but not funny, is if he happens to be walking by when we score, the beer shower ends up dripping if he's walking underneath. <laughs> oh, my God. that's so horrible. Yeah, that's like yeah the but amount that's of success the, right there because yeah. we just scored a goal. But wow. yeah, there are some job keys and wallets underneath that thing that I think maybe uh, <laughs> if Colin wants everyone to hold. Colin has a collection. Colin has a collection. His bounty it's it's what he collects uh, as payment and uh, penance for all the drips, the many fluid drips that he has to deal with. But yeah, he's a network engineer by trade, and so he's you know we're we're a duo right now. There's just two of us. Wow. Um, and we just make things work. So we could actually be like a jazz band, maybe, right? If you guys were a jazz band, who's playing what instrument? Ooh, I would be. Uh, I'd be the bass. 
Do he'd be, he'd, he'd, be the, he'd be the piano. Oh, keys. Yeah. The keys Just the bass and the keys is phone. all you need because the drums are already there. Yeah. Uh, he's always clacking on the keyboard. So. Ah, there you go. I like yeah. that. He'd be the Smooth. guy. You just need a saxophone player and, and the band set. Done. He's Slim. coming soon. The trio. Yes. Yeah. Slim's going to just well, pop down. I can just see Slim with a smooth sax. I can see you rocking that. trumpet player, guys. Or he, jazz flute. I'm a trumpet and a bass player. Oh, flute. Jazz, jazz flute. flute. Ooh, I would look flute. cute as fuck with the flute. <laughs> Ron Dude. Burgundy. Yellow Ranger, baby. Dude. Yeah. Y'all don't remember that? That's a deep dive. She played the flute. Rest in power. Yeah, Yellow rest Ranger. in power, queen. Boom. Rest and on that note. Pow- Another Power Rangers reference before we end the We're out here. I was always a Pink Ranger fan. You know, Kimberly, Kimberly has some cake. Kimberly had some cake. You know, she was, and she was a gymnast, so she started, yeah, she was a little flexy in that intro song. Oh, yeah. I'm Amber. And on that note, <laughs> we're going to take our second break and be back with Tea Time with Dweez. back in the backyard fcfc pod as t- as slim put it Tim, the tech- i was gonna say Tim technology put- the technology technology lord of the uh, bank of california the lafc universe christian laos here we're drinking some white tea that's right guys by mudan the white tea from Eman. shout outs tea habitat san gabriel valley stand up squaw squaw <laughs> sgv when this comes out i think she'll already have her green tea shipments in hey. um Green drinking Chinese green tea as soon as you can after it's been plucked in the springtime is like probably my favorite time of year to drink tea. So if you guys are fucking with E-Man recently and going to Tea Habitat, go check out her her green teas. They're going to be unreal. And then they'll sell out in like a month. So drink them up. Eman's Insta is also hilarious. She's the she best. She's so funny. On she's the, the best, right? She, yeah, yeah. Isn't she the following. best? She's yeah, the best. She's, awesome. she's a great tea person. You, you people out there might have like these perceptions about tea people. Eman's going to break them down. She's no, a hilarious straight lady. Straight yeah, she's great. Uh, yeah, we're here with Christian. You're a jazz man. Yes. I, I, le- I learned that uh, through the course of this evening. What kind of jazz do you like? What, tell, tell, me, tell me about your little, your musical journey towards jazz. Yeah. So I love all types of music. Always have. Um, I like old country, but not modern country, which might be a controversy. I don't know. Um, is that stadium country or is that what does that mean? New yeah. Country? Like I'm not a, you know. Get what, Taylor what, Swift what, the fuck out of here. Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa. I'm just kidding, Taylor. <laughs> she, she's more pop now anyway. But um, uh, no, so I, I'm, I'm into everything. I love hip hop, um, R&B. I grew up really with you know, R&B primarily, wow. right? And then, um, and jazz. So, you know, John Coltrane, love him. My favorite album of all time is A Love Supreme, mm. which people find funny. Like, I, I don't think that's, I mean. Well, no, because I've, I've run into folks in the past um, and then they find out that I like jazz and they're going through like, this is going to age me a little bit, but going through like my CD binder and they're like, A Love Supreme, what? Like, you, what? You know, so it's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, so growing up, Michael Jackson, I love DeBarge. I don't know why, but because they're slow jams. But mm. now, like, you know, I don't think I have the energy to listen to slow jams as much. Um, but I love it all, man. And then I don't know if you guys play Call of Duty. Um, Some might. Yeah, so I play Call of Duty and then I listen to, you know, the likings of 
Duke Ellington Ooh. or, um, you know, Love Miles Davis. And the reason why I say that is because, like, a bunch of us play together. Some of the 3252, Richard Roscoe, that crew. Um, you know, that was kind of our pickup game during the pandemic because yeah. we would play Call of Duty. And then I would be listening to jazz and Rich would be like, fucker, don't ignore me. <laughs> don't ignore me. And then he didn't realize, like, I didn't have my headset on. You I was literally listening to music, jazz and blowing people up. Yeah, Dude, he's listening to Sir Duke. And, he's listening to Sir Duke over there, and he's just yes. blowing people up and Love not Stevie gonna be Wonder bothered. Man. Yeah. Love it, but yeah, Stevie, the goat. So yeah, I'm all about music. And you have this international life, as you've described. Uh, you know, lived abroad, traveled abroad a lot for work. Uh, do you have now that the pandemic is opening up a little bit? Do you have uh, new, fresh international travel plans for these coming coming years, or is it going to be all work work related travel still? Um, so most of my travel is work related. Um, last year, I went to Dubai uh, for Jitex, which is a big, you know, like a mega technology conference uh, for the Gulf states. Uh, was there. Um, to speak, actually, it was it was good about stadium, you know, technology. So that was interesting. And then, you know, my main focus while I was there was robotics because robotics are a really big thing in the Middle East. Um, really cool startup culture there around, you know, delivery robots, uh, barista robots, you know, that kind of stuff. And then um, it's interesting from a, you know, an app developer uh, perspective. There's a lot of really cool Palestinian startups. Whoa. And so they were based, you know, there in Dubai, had some really interesting conversations around some things I'm interested in. So we'll see how that stuff materializes, but you might see some of that at, at, at the bank here in the future. Shout out the Palestinian startups. Going to be in the bank. Let's go. I love it. Yeah, man. We're all inclusive, as you know. And uh, and you find some really interesting, talented individuals in, in the least expected places. Mm. I mean, what's you you travel a ton for work, but I'm guessing that you get to I mean at least get to eat around the city a little bit, get to see the city. Like, what are yeah? What are some of the things that hey, like you check off? Like, hey, I'm going to be going to Dubai for for this conference, but I can you know I have a I have a night to myself. Like, what's what are the first things that you look for to do? Um, so usually when I'm rolling um, anywhere, whether it's here or abroad, I usually have you know a group with me. There's there's people that I that I meet up with. I have a lot of um, you know, people that I, I, I do business with, right? The club does business with. And then we've got, you know, prospective partners and things. So when I was in Dubai, we had um, four guys from Via Touch, which is our autonomous retail uh, partner, the Vicky guys, right? Ooh. So we rolled together. And so we, we had a full agenda. But, yeah, no, we had really good food. It's funny. One night we went, we decided because we had no plans, uh, which was actually really nice because normally everything's really structured. Um, we said, let's go to Den Tai Fung. Hey, the Typhoon in Dubai. Holy shit. And then we realized when we got there that they don't have pork. So, like, everything was mutton. Oh, shit. (laughs) What does a mutton Shao Long Bao taste like? Like, exactly how it sounds. (laughs) Oh, Oh, shit. But hey, man, you know, creature comforts. Anyway, so that was super fun. But, uh, but yeah. But when when I do have a chance to, like, veg out, do my thing. Um, I like to explore, you know, local dives. I, I usually talk to like, you know, the concierge of a hotel or, you know, I, I do like to meet new people. So I, I'll have conversations with locals just to find out like where the spots are, yeah. right? whether it's a cool restaurant or bar. Um, 
or just a place to, you know, to, to check out. And so, you know, I try to explore where I can uh, as much as possible. Like to, uh, you know, have interesting photos, get on the gram. Yeah, flexagram. As I, I, you see, that's a new term for me. I didn't even know that before this. You know, so I'm, I'm learning as I go. But I mean, like, I, part of me. So it's interesting. Uh, we were we were hanging with Christian before we started recording, and we learned that he was from Virginia originally, and yep. that mom was from England, dad was from Singapore, and so you had like some understanding, you know, that because part of me is thinking like, man, this guy is like, this is this guy raised in Virginia who becomes this like, you know, globe trotting flexagrammer you know this guy who gets to go around and run and run technology everywhere but you know you kind of grew up in an international setting as well like with your folks and so you kind of always knew that would be part of your life and um now that you've you've done all these things you've gone all these places like do you have you know you mentioned japan earlier do you have places that you're drawn to more like if you win you get to take vacations and stuff like places you'd prefer to go or places you still kind of have on your eye on and haven't been to yet? Um, yeah, there's always, you know, I'd like to be everywhere. I'd love to, to check out pretty much every country, honestly, because there, there's, you know, really interesting vibes everywhere you go. Um, but my go-to is really, um, you know, love Europe, right? So Berlin is a place that I, I really like to hang out. I love Germany in general, so I, I try to spend as much time as I can there. The Bundesliga is amazing. Like any of the mm. any of the matches you go to there, the energy is just wild, wow. right? Um, so that's fun. You know, Japan, Asia in general. So Seoul, great city, um, really interesting people, cool vibes there. Um, Tokyo, obviously one of my favorite places. Shanghai is one of my absolute favorite places to visit. Um, probably wouldn't want to live there. It's kind of chaos, but you know, the food's great too. Um, love Australia. So, but most people would say Sydney. My actually, my favorite place is Perth, Mm. right? Which is a really cool spot, you know, on the West coast. And so you think about, you know, those places, um, love Vancouver, you know, the places I would tell you I haven't been yet that I'd love to hang out is, uh, New Zealand. Haven't Mm. made it there yet. Would love it. I'd like to go to Antarctica. Whoa. And just post up for like six months and do experiments or <laughs> no, something. No, no stadiums or technology there, though. You know, you're going to be hanging with the penguins. Yeah. Well, they got a lot of tech. They just don't have any stadiums. Yeah. But I feel like I could like build a lab and do some like really interesting shit, you know, maybe to figure out like climate change or whatever. Yeah. Well, no, it's funny you brought that up. Like the, the instant thing that came to my mind when you said that was, uh, you know, Ryuchi Sakamoto, the composer? I've Japanese heard the name. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. he composed... Uh, the Revenant, all the mu- music in The Revenant. Oh, did he really? Yeah, he composed, uh, the big one is Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, but yeah. he also did uh, The Last Emperor. He's like a just, you know, legendary. So he, what one thing he does is he like, goes out in the wild to collect sounds. And he went to Antarctica with like this like, you know, crazy mic setup and recorded the ice caps melting. Amazing. Oh, and there's like this whole scene in this film. It's a great film. It's We're not onto recommendations yet, but uh, it's called Coda. I know that there's an Academy Award film this year called Coda oh, it's too. Not that one. It's not that one. Okay. It's called Coda. It's a documentary about Ryuichi Sakamoto. Probably came out like five years ago. Got it. But it's probably my favorite uh, like music documentary I've ever seen. Yeah, I like it. Check that out. Uh, that's that was suddenly a recommendation. But should we just <laughs> jump, <laughs> jump in? Actually, before we jump into recommendations, we talked about your favorite kind of the stadium experiences you've had here. What about abroad? Like the stadium experiences you've seen in places where, whether it's for tech reasons or other oh, reasons yeah yeah so in in uh in germany it's usually they're not the most technically advanced 
Um, so anybody from Germany don't don't hate, but you know they're they're purists at heart, right? So they um, they have a really cool experience. Borussia Dortmund, which you guys might have been to. So the Yellow Wall, Slimmy. yes sir, is the craziest shit you're ever going to experience. Yes. It's literally you know for people that don't know about twenty two thousand about the capacity of our stadium yep. is the Yellow Wall, and it's the most chaotic thing you've ever seen. It's 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 gorgeous. You feel the wind when yeah. you start going. The wow. harmony. From the like, other side of the stadium. It's, it's next level, man. Yeah. You can feel the airflow from when they start. It's yeah. like getting going. Yeah. yeah, you just have to check it out. So that's badass. And then probably my, my most interesting stadium experience ever um, was in the middle of the night. It was like 2 a.m. in Berlin at the Olympic Stadium, which is like, they think they call it the Olympic Stadion, right? Um a buddy of mine was doing a project there and he, he took me and Benny there actually. Mm. And, uh, middle of the night, fucking so cold. Like it was literally like eight degrees, uh-huh. right? <laughs> a couple of assholes running around. But what was cool about it is not the most advanced stadium in the world, but the history behind it was really cool. And so we got to stand, uh, in two locations. Um, they actually they don't they don't have a marquee. There's no marker for it, but there is the spot where Hitler stood, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So standing in standing there was kind of interesting. But the cooler part was on the track. They have a little marker where Jesse, Jesse Owens, Owens, yeah, basically gave that motherfucker the finger. That's right. Uh, when he basically ran laps around, you know, all Beautiful. of the superior human bullshit um, of the Nazi Party. So maybe a little bit of controversy. Talking about that here. No, I. Days. So it's funny as I. Uh, Fuck a Nazi. Yeah. Fuck a Nazi. But it was badass, man. Literally, like, and you feel the. It's weird. I can't explain. It. I have some photos too. I'll send them to you. But when you're standing in his starting point, like the energy, Oof. you you feel it. Like it's no, it's no joke, man. Like it's just this weird thing. It's like one of the most historic moments ever, right? In sport or in just right. in humanity, it's kind of wild. I believe four Olympic golds in that event as well, and multiple yeah. events for yeah. Jesse Owens to, yeah, prove that superior human bullshit. So yeah. that is just bullshit. It's just that. So, so, so standing in that spot, man. So that did it for me. Like wow. I remember thinking, holy shit, I can't believe I'm standing right here. I have my own experience at that stadium. 2006. Ooh. My first ever World Cup game. Hey. Nice. Ukraine. Wow. Andrei Shevchenko. Shevchenko. Scoring against Tunisia. They oh. won 1-0, I believe. It might have been 1-1. No, I think it was 1-0. Um, and I remembered the Jesse Owens. Like, you know, we were talking about that. We were talking about the... Like, you do... You think of those two positions at that stadium. Um, and I do think... Yeah, there might have been something related to Jesse Owens. Outside. Is there something outside the stadium, too? I think right. there might be a statue. Yeah, there might be a statue or something yeah. um, that I took photos by. But yeah, um, kind of weird full circle moment right there with the Ukraine the Ukraine thing. I've actually seen Ukraine play three times. Oh, wow. I saw Ukraine play in Donetsk in the Donbass where in eastern Ukraine during the Euros in 2012. Amazing. And I saw them play a third time in another tur- in another World Cup. I think it was 2010. But uh, go to Berlin and check out that stadium, y'all. Yep. And then one day you'll be going back to Ukraine to to watch them play because they will prevail. They will prevail. 
let's move on to recommendations, guys. Josh, Slim, do one of you guys want to start and kick it off? Yeah. Okay, cool. Got two. First one is a podcast that um, I uh, did not mention last last week for some reason, but uh, it's the Can I Kick It podcast, which is is run by um, help. It's co-run by our friend, good friend Grego, former guest of the podcast of Atlanta United. Um, I had the great honor and pleasure of speaking um, on behalf of TSG. On um, they, it's it's a it's a podcast on black supporter culture relationships, and um, we were kind of there talking about POCs, kind of creating um, supporter culture their own, in in a way that kind of fashions after their own neighborhoods and our own culture, um, um, in an authentic way. But um, yeah, it's a video podcast as well, so they're on YouTube. So check out the Can I Kick It podcast. They're incredible. They talk a lot about just in terms of what um, what supporter culture can really grow into into the States after being left out for, for, for a minute there. So, yeah, shout out to good friends at Can I Kick Your Podcast. The second um, was kind of a, a redux on, on a former reco, which is everything, wait, everything, everywhere, all at once. The Michelle, one sec, I'm going to give it. The birds are out, the birds are out. Edit point, edit point, edit point. <laughs> Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, the A24 film by The Daniels featuring Michelle Yeoh in a, in a multitude of different roles. Um, it's coming out this week um, in uh, the end of end of March for all our listeners. I would I will not be in L.A. for the next few weeks, but I would love to do an FCFC, maybe an LA, LAFC film club. Join screening. Along, yeah, yeah, watch along. Watch along, screen along. Yeah, I will, we'll, we'll put that in a place. Maybe we can do rent, rent a theater out, something like that. But I'm I'm willing to watch the movie a, a few times just because I think it's really important. Not not only because we've all loved Michelle Yeoh since we were we were young as as not an, like a Bond girl, but also like an incredible um, lead actress. But I think this movie is really going to elevate kind of Asian and Asian American cinema to a new level. And I'm really, really hyped for that. Hyped. Slim? We should have let Josh go last. That was, <laughs> that was deep. Um, <laughs> mine is for you you stoners that love uh, nature documentaries. Uh, Netflix's season two of Animals is out. <laughs> um, you know, last last season ended with octopus and marsupials. Okay. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, no, if you're just looking, like, I just, I love nature documentaries. It's probably the inner stoner in me. Um, this this helicopter is just staying there. Yeah. That's what I realized. He's not swirling. Yeah. He's just, he's the birds, just are, the, the birds are chilling tonight. They're soaring. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, so yeah, Animal on Netflix and um, Good Girls on Netflix. Uh, shout out my favorite uh, thick white girl Christina Hendricks always um, what's it I mean give us a little bit more about what it's about it's just Good about uh, three Hendricks suburban too. housewives that uh, or not housewives just three three suburban moms that decide to to jump into a life of crimes if you remember the show Weeds um, it kind of started off you know uh, normal and then things got a little too crazy so where it didn't really like it was just too much but this one just starts off crazy and just keeps getting crazier so you know you have an interesting little crime show, I guess. I don't know. It's not that great. Watch Animals instead. Good soundtrack, though. <laughs> yeah. The music's tight. Oh, you watch Good Girls? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty lit. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. It's frustrating sometimes, you know. <clears throat> oh, yeah. yeah. Christian, what is your uh, recommendation this evening? I got a couple. Um, so one's in the third dimension. Like where we're living at the moment. Okay, okay. And then okay. another one is, is digital. But um, the first one, so if you guys like coffee. Yes. Um, 
and I don't know if anybody's recommended it before, but Hilltop. Whoa, no, I haven't heard that yet. lit. So I go to the one in Eagle Rock because it's by my house, but it started in Inglewood. There's three locations now. Super, super tight. Very amazing. Um, if I'm not mistaken, black owned, which is phenomenal. Um, and they do it right, man. So coffee's amazing. Acai bowl. I sound bougie right now, but acai bowls are lit. And they I'm have craving a, acai bowl so bad. Yeah. And they got a crumb donut that like sells out hella fast, but it's really good. Get so, your antioxidants up. So Hilltop, you heard it first. Hilltop. And then a TV show I'm watching right now that's pretty cool. Um, for some people, it might be a little bit slow, but Severance. Severance. Yes. Tell us about Severance. So Severance is um, Apple TV Plus. So not shocked. We love Apple. Um, <laughs> but it's a really cool show about a uh, company called Lumen. Mm. It's like a multinational company. But what happens is um, they separate your personal memories from your work memories. You go and do this elevator, and then as you're going down, you forget your personal life, and it's only your work life, and vice versa. What the fuck? Pretty crazy shit. It's a little slow to get started, but it's actually really compelling. Who's the lead in that? There's someone famous in that, right? Uh, There's a couple. Yeah. I'm really good with names. (laughs) But check it out. Um, But what's the difference between work memories and personal? life memories well, it's all blended together for but me that's so the I don't know brilliant the thing is they don't know they can't uh, remember shit you know so it's kind of a weird severance. yeah it's a cool show severance. but anyway it just came out recently um you might not like it only because it comes once a week oh uh, yeah now I just wait for it so to, just to give it a minute yeah, yeah yeah but from a technical standpoint the idea that they can implant something in your brain that basically locks out different segments of it is really cool. Not something I want to get into necessarily. It sounds like it would be a lot less grumpy parents like by the time they get home from work. Yeah. True statement. Mm. Yeah. But cool show for sure. Cool. So it was, you had one more? So just that the was two. the two. Although, okay. well, if you want a third. I'll, I'll give, give us a third. Give us a third. I thought you were going to take dimensions. You know what it was? Shit. Yeah. You said it was like the three dimensions. And I was like, is he going to hit us with three dimensional recommendations <laughs> right now? Boom. Um, so the third one is another TV show, right? The other one I'm watching is Servant. Have you guys seen that? Not also Servant. on Apple TV Plus. Hey, we have a gang hey if you here. got the free Apple TV promo code, please, please plug <laughs> it on the bottom. We you got an it. air horn? <laughs> <laughs> I sure do. See what we can work out. Yes. But yeah, um, another fantastic show. It's um, I don't want to give away the plot, but basically it's in its fourth season now, third okay. season. Um, but there's this woman that has a baby but then the baby dies and then they bring a nanny in and all of a sudden the baby miraculously reappears and is alive what the fuck? It's, it's wild shit yeah. anyway I, I can't say anymore because it's, okay. it's gonna give okay. it all away I'm, I'm, I'm kinda hooked I'm not, depending on how this uh, promo code goes you might be seeing <laughs> a, cu- yeah. a couple so coffee and TV man that, that's what I do when I'm not you know doing technology things <laughs> Not coffee, sitting at the stadium. Coffee, yes. yeah. TV, but I don't actually tip. watch. So this is the kicker. I don't actually watch TV on a TV. I'm always the only time I watch a show is on my iPad. How You're, big is your screen? Would you buy one? I've got the, iPads have like several sizes. Yeah, I've got the the 12.9 inch Pro. Okay. Okay. So when I travel, I watch those shows. Um, uh, otherwise, I'm usually like out and about doing my thing. I make it home and you know barely make it to bed. You know. He's out here doing podcast interviews, guys. And so podcast. Tuesday nights. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I'll do two, too. I'm going to take my two. Two for two. Did everyone do two for two? Did you, you did do two? Twos. Twos. We twos all around. We're twos, twos all around. Well, uh, I <laughs> <laughs> do watch shows once a week. Uh, Attack on Titans, one of them. But another one is now winning time. Yes. The Lakers show. On Dweez HBO. does basketball. Dweez does basketball, yeah. Uh, I, do I actually re- I revealed this to my my cohorts here before we recorded so i took out some of this some of the sting but you know i don't i don't even book myself to be a to be a watcher of said basketball shows and yeah there's something about like reenactments you know and like this guy's supposed to be magic johnson da, da, da. and it does it's hard for the first like five minutes to be like i can't get all the way into it because i it's it, there's just yeah but then it's really good after that and they use like lots of different film techniques to make it like seem old and they use uh, it's Adam McKay the guy that has, he's done a lot of things but he did um, Don't Look Up Big Short. Short Big Short Anchorman oh, Anchorman cool. and so there's like a there's like a fun to the show that yeah. I think is like maybe the most the part that I'm recommending the most and then there's just like cool LA you know are they showing shots. how scummy uh, Jerry Buss and Magic were in the times. They're showing some scum. LA, yeah, and it. yeah, yeah. it's like seventies LA. I will say, yeah. I, I say what what did grab me the the mo- the reason I started watching it is I was just gonna like play it for a second, but the the opening credits are like it's a great assemblage of shots of LA in that time period and that time period in general, and they play it to the Coop's My Favorite Mutiny, which the Coop, if you don't know. Uh, about the Coop, they're like a pretty famous Los Angeles duo, and they picked their best song, which is my favorite mutiny. They they choose to use Black Thought's verse, who's obviously from the roots. His verse is incredible, and that's like the opening thing. But that whole song is just unreal, and they that's they hit it like perfectly. They're the things that that song says and what they're talking about, uh, it's perfect. It has a great energy. So at least watch the do yourself a favor and watch the introduction to that show. Okay. And if you're not yeah. hooked, then call me for a refund I'll look that up on <laughs> Apple Music <laughs> yeah I mean I think e- even well here why don't I actually we've, we've been wanting to do this let's, let's see if it, it let's see if it works even the actor who plays Magic they got the guy that play Magic is, is is awesome I mean, he can hoop a little bit he's large like Magic is and like the dude is a crazy good actor so That's we're cool. excited to see what they're doing I need it. to watch it man because yeah. 1970s LA is pretty badass and then like Fletch is one of my favorite movies Oh shit! Remember Fletch? I do not remember Fletch. What? Chevy Chase. He's a big Laker fan. Watch it. Highly recommend. Fletch. Fletch. Yeah, I haven't heard of that either. I'm just excited for seeing uh, Pat Riley. Adrian Adrian Brody played <laughs> Pat Riley. Played coming. To, Pat Riley was a god in my household. Like as as a Knicks coach. I mean, I know yep. he abandoned us, but the the smooth fucking LA cat to come through. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Oh, this is nice. We can do this on the podcast. So we haven't really been diving into the music bag that much, but I'm actually, we're doing it for the first time here. Move, if you got the nerve, lash out for your just desserts. It's not just the words. Some of y'all heads up in the cloud. I'm going to bring y'all back to earth. It's black, black, the burn. Bullshit, y'all. Wait, did I? I might have just been talking out of my ass. This is, this is, uh, this is not Black Thought. It's just, uh, the main dude from the coop, which his name is, he produced... He produced the the movie about Oakland and the and the horses, the people that become horses. Seabiscuit? 
<laughs> Dude, I am like, I'm all over the place tonight. What's I'm, in this tea, man? Yeah, the tea usually calms me down and gives me like a lot of clarity, but in this case, it is not. His name's Boots Riley. Boots, okay. Yeah. Name that sound familiar. He says Boots Riley. It's, He's also an A24 cat. Yeah, so this is Boots, and he sounds like Black Thought, and I, I misspoke, and Black Thought's not even in this song. Don't ever misspeak again. Yeah, and Boots is from, Eng- I believe Boots is from, uh, no, he's from he's from Oakland. Nice. Yeah. So I guess they started up in Oakland, but they they came big here down in Southern California as well. So there you go. I'm just, uh, I'm taking some shots from the three-point line and I'm airballing, basically. And uh, my other recommendation, <laughs> my other recommendation, look, I could just like keep it rocking while I recommend. This is actually unfair. Yeah, I wish we had a little background. Daniel. Well, next time you guys have next time you guys have music uh, in your recommendations, maybe I can just cue it up for the people. Um, I just went on like a huge adventure, and I don't even remember what my second recommendation. (laughs) You love basketball so much. No, and I was thinking about like this album, and I think I had reviewed it for a magazine at one point, and then I was like, you know, I just think that overall. You know, the memories that we have are, uh, they're temporary, guys, and you're going to lose them. And you're going to... Yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you're going to forget what's going on. And you're going to ultimately just have to turn back up the music to cover up for the fact that you only had one recommendation. Bye. Fucking bye. FCFC. FC. FC. FSA, 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 FSA,